FES is proudly brought to you by Temple Brewing, the Temple Brew House in Brunswick East, home of the award-winning Bicycle Beer. Temple's amazing beer is all brewed on site in the amazing brew house in Brunswick East. Their team of experienced and skilled brewers work hard to ensure that you enjoy every mouthful of delicious craft beer. It doesn't get any fresher than this. Your beer was brewed footsteps away from where you are enjoying it. The bar, restaurant and function space big enough for 100 people ensures that you can enjoy a comfy experience for any occasion. So get down and visit the team at 122 Western Street in Brunswick East or give them a follow on Insta at Temple Brewing. Royal Parade Creative is a Melbourne-based studio that produces simple, clever design solutions, double the high level of care and sophistication. Specialising in brand identity development, redevelopment, campaign art direction, typography, illustration and digital, Royal Parade offers a lot of services that you'd expect from a large agency without the large agency price tag. So if you need a new club badge, billboard, corporate logo or bar menus, get in touch and find out how Royal Parade can make it happen. Mention FES for a 10% discount on your first design project, brand art design thinking, royalparade.com. And finally, Ambrosia Fold Designs, as seen on the block and made at first sight, located in Telemarine, Ambrosia specialise in weddings, functions and corporate events. They also offer floral workshops which make great gift ideas. So book a consultation for your next event by calling Leanne on 9338-3609 or in contact her online at ambrosiafolddesigns.com. Mention FES to receive a discount off your next booking. A big episode of FES this week. We're back after a few weeks off. Joining us on the show is former Fox Sports producer Matt Coleman. Let's get into it. has a resumption date july 16 is the day and fes are back uh, pandemic podcasting still but we're now inching closer to a resumption of the a-league season officially my name is jason i am joining you live and direct from ocean boulevard in long beach california joining me are the boys uh, we've got budza all the way in watsonia budza welcome back uh, it's been a couple of weeks yeah, mate. How are you? Um, we've been, um, you know, ribbing you for quite a while about how you're sitting in the eye of the storm of coronavirus. Uh, Starting over to come in, back to you. In LA, and now um, I'm living... Second wave. Oh, your microphone's cut out there, Budza. There you go. You're back? Are you back? I'm back. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the state that everyone else has renamed Sictoria. <laughs> I didn't. I haven't heard that one. Um, mm. yeah, you've had you've had some issues with your microphone over the last few weeks, so hopefully um, it all stays in place. But I think that we're on Zoom today, which is um, okay because you can just come back in and out. So we'll try and make do if uh, if those issues keep coming up. Uh, Dave is off this week. The chief analyst uh, couldn't make it, um, but we brought in a reinforcement. Uh, he's a former producer on Fox Sports. He worked on the EPL for a very, very short period of time. I think um, you make <laughs> jokes about that, Matt. Yep. Uh, but also, I guess, primarily as uh, the A-League um, coverage and working as a producer on the A-League coverage, uh, Sunday shootout and things like that. Uh, Matt Coleman, a very warm welcome to FES. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but we're glad to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having us, Jace, bud. So it's... Um... Look, I'm probably the only ex-Fox Sports employee not to have a podcast going at the moment. So it's about time I kind of appeared on one between um, 
between the players' playbook, ordinarily speaking, and greats with Gabbo, I think uh, just about everybody's having a crack. There's no one yeah. left to talk to in Australian sport that uh, hasn't told a story. So it's um, yeah, it's good yeah. to good to be on with you boys, and um, yeah, hopefully provide some insight. You came to the right place, Matt. You came to the, num- <laughs> the, num- the number one, the best, the greatest uh, A-League fan podcast and the only Melbourne Victory podcast in the world. Yeah, you're right. There, there actually are quite a few podcasts popping up and, and pretty much it's, it seems to be the same guests just doing a circuit now. Even of these, yeah. of these podcasts that maybe have like 10 listeners been going for two weeks, they, they still nab big names. I've seen Daniel Garb on every podcast under the sun, including ours. Uh, so yeah, yeah it's, it's it's getting tough. Uh, podcasts are already <laughs> popular. Uh, everyone yeah. had had a podcast, and now everyone has a podcast in in isolation. So it's uh, it's tough to uh, to get guests. But I've always had my my eye on you, Matt, um, as, as a potential guest for FES. Of course, your your pedigree within the industry uh, is well known, uh, at least if you're on Twitter, um, that you worked uh, on the A-League and uh, I think that you got the job or got the gig uh, on the EPL just before Fox lost the rights to Optus. So, uh, yeah, literally the season before. Yeah, so, so it was a, a short, short spell. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about your journey, I guess, from uh, how you landed the, the, the job at Fox Sports and, and maybe some of your achievements. You're not with them now. Um, obviously, no. the, the Fox, uh, Fox and uh, A-League have fallen on hard times in their relationship and there's been uh, a, a few cuts, um, to put it uh, yeah. lightly. Um, but yeah, take us through your journey at Fox Sports and I guess some of your uh, treasured memories there and, uh, and things that you may have achieved when you were there. Uh, sure. Um, I think my sort of story fits. It's not dissimilar to uh, a lot of others who stumble upon uh, having kind of this opportunity. Like it's, um, I know I went to, you know, went went to uni and did communications and etc. With every um, with every intention of being on the, you know, on the other side of the screen or either that or as some sort of football journalist. I think that's what everybody. You know, everybody has that um, ambition at some stage where it's like, you know, oh, wouldn't this be cool if I could, you know, if I could sit around and watch football and, and be paid for it. And it's, um, so basically I finished, that didn't do particularly well. And through contacts that I had, you know, that I'd gathered sort of along the way, got a very tenuous casual gig, um, late nights on a, on a Saturday, that would be like, you know, like a three hour sort of thing, like, you know, logging EPL games and just otherwise sort of being in the office. And the, the journey from there to produce was just basically not saying no to anything yeah. and um, believing that you could do it all. And just, um, yeah. And just being at there <laughs> practically sort of every waking moment. So it was just a sort of like a gradual progression from, so like a, a logging part to um, to archiving to the website and digital media and things like that. And then, um, yeah, hung around the football department like a bad smell for a while. Helped out originally as a, I suppose, like, you know, associate producer um, on a couple of couple of shows, uh, especially shootout. And then eventually the time the time came where it's like, well, we, we need someone to step in. Somebody's left. And um, yeah, and you're it. And it's very much a baptism of fire as far as that. There's no sort of real training that you can sort of, that you can undergo 
um, to sit in the chair. Basically, it's yeah. you know once you um, once you given the nod, it's either you know you can either do it or you can't. And I didn't believe at the time that I could do it. Um, did it once, didn't stuff it up massively, <laughs> and uh, and carried on from there. So, yeah, you worked on the A-League for a number of years. I think it was maybe, yep. what, three or four seasons maybe? Uh, sounds about right, yep. Yeah. Uh, and the EPL, just, a, a, I guess, not at all, um, really, but maybe it was a small amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it, was, it, was just, it was just that one season, the 15-16 uh, season. So, yeah, so you, no, no sooner had I uh, started to get in there and, you know, finally had your own show, for want of a better word, that... um. Yeah, we got the um, we found out in kind of November that year that was going to be the last season. So you've you've worked with a plethora of talent, uh, you know, people that have yep. gone to school to to train themselves to appear on screen. Some past players and things like that. I've got a few questions for you that I'm interested in knowing. Of course you do. Uh, the first question I'll ask is: Was it you who identified that Archie Thompson may have a talent in front of the the screen as a uh, as a special comments man? Uh, Archie has been, I think, earmarked sort of fairly early as uh, he was going to, like, obviously with that kind of personality, he was going to be involved in the game in in some capacity. Uh, that was sort of my decision to use him on, so used him on Match Day Saturday for the season I was there and then kind of um, shifted that across to shootout which was like, I, I think that kind of plays more to Archie's strengths, um, being the guy that he is, uh, being the character that he is. I, I, I think that's sort of his strength is to, um, you know, is to get on the couch and yarn and just try to, you know, tell us about what it's like rather than, um, you know, rather than try to be the tactical brain, I guess. Yeah. And, he, he has said uh, yes. on, on a few occasions that, I mean, he's been on this podcast a fair bit. And he's, he's kind yep. of said that he's copped a fair, fair amount of shit from, from people because, you know, he's not the, the, the most media trained person in the world. And you know, sometimes it yep. does definitely show on, on the broadcast. Although I think that he's probably come, come you know, a, a fair way since those early days. What yep. is that like? Are, are you are you part of the I guess the team that trains him and, and how to you know go from being a, a, a pundit or sorry from a from a player with from a a personality to an actual pundit that um, that has to appear on TV and actually provide some you know thought provoking analysis or, or something a bit of a, yeah. some eloquent word use yeah. prevalent and something uh, like that yeah and yeah try not to call players young guns. Or make sure you do call them young guns. Yeah. Um, or or yeah, call Western Sydney, Western <laughs> Sydney, as opposed to Western United, things like that. Yeah, it's um, you know, and, and as, as yeah, as you probably even know from this, it's it very easy once the um once that red light's on, yeah, uh, to really, um, yeah, Min, to, to, to <laughs> yes, to uh, to really to really trip up, but it's um. Yeah, it's hard. Like you know, these these guys, especially ex-players, are thrown in there with very little training, and you kind of, you know, there's only so much I can uh, provide in that situation because I'm not exactly trained uh, to to do it as well. Um, but when you get that right, and you see someone develop from being, you know, just a kind of like a like a casual to actually become like really good at 
at this. It's um, certainly one of the most rewarding parts. Like I am, um, yeah, like working with Archie, which is certainly an experience. And it was basically a, um, it was basically come up as for me before all those times that um, being a Sydney fan, I had given him all types of abuse mm -hmm. uh, from the, from the crowd. There's a very, um, after the 2013-14 semi-final down there at Eddie Howdy, obviously he scored in that corner in front of the travelling Sydney fans. He was um, he was being interviewed by Zappers at full time after uh, after scoring the winner, and they <laughs> they cut to a shot of the despondent Sydney fans, and behind some um, behind someone giving him the big wanker symbol is me like, you know, chewing gum ferociously, Kevin Musket style. <laughs> so uh, we have a bit, of, a bit of a laugh about that. And it's like, yeah, so uh, all, it's it's funny how that all works that, you know, all those times that I smashed him and called him all sorts of names, uh, you ended up being kind of like, you know, be one of my best mates yeah. um, working in that environment. So that's, that's obviously good. Um, the ones that, and you kind of, mentioned about achievements and stuff like that, like working with the women's game mm -hmm. and um, the season prior to last, the specialised Thursday night football mm -hmm. that um, that we developed. And, um, yeah, look, that's that's something that's, you know, you take, take a lot of pride from that. Like, you know, you get some of these W League girls that, uh, you know, not only... Like haven't finished their career, they're still in the midst of their career and show a little bit of interest in doing this and, you know, you can kind of mentor them and, I, as, as I said, like, you know, it's not any any advice or anything that I can try to give them is um, is just making it up as, as you go along. But you see you see them flourish, like, you know, your Tats Dowie and um, Georgie Yeomandale, you see them develop from players on the pitch to actually, like, you know, bonafide um, talent, then, yeah, that's obviously one of the most um, rewarding parts. Buds, do you have any questions Absolutely. that you want to know about uh, behind the scenes at Fox Sports or, or how uh, how it's all produced and how the magic happens? Oh, look, uh, look, there's the obligatory, I think we everyone at the moment wants to know, looking at Twitter, what it's like working with Ned Zelich. Uh, did you yeah. ever, did did you ever have the pleasure of working with the great man of uh, fantasy and imagination? And um, look, we don't need to delve into how his last couple of months has been on Twitter. But um, yep. did he ever you know, send you got... any kind of reading material? You know, just to, <laughs> yeah. just to yeah, expand yeah, yeah, your mind. No, no, no. You got to you got you got to watch this one on you got to watch this one on YouTube before they take it down. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, working with Ned is certainly an experience. Um, had a couple of years together on shootout there. And uh, so there was a segment there called, and this kind of divulged, like, <sighs> firstly, it's amazing how many segments and, uh, you know, and gags and, and things like that, that you probably think on the outside are just because, you know, we're doing it because it's, you think it's a good idea and it's going to be good TV. But it just stems from, you know, it's an in-joke in the office or it's, you know, the name comes first and then you kind of develop the segment later. Like it's it's all, you know, it's just for our kind of shits and gigs. 
end to uh, to keep some sort of sanity, basically. Um, but yeah, so we, there was a segment on Shootout that was um, called Shootout 6, which kind of just went from a very simple kind of like, you know, give us six words for, you know, for whatever, how, how the victory are going, you know, this, this weekend, to a full kind of theatrical production of, um, and it went in whatever direction that Ned wanted to take it. And so Ned took this very seriously and, you know, you would get a, a call on a, you know, a, a Friday or Saturday night, like, you know, often or usually post midnight that would start on the lines of, <laughs> have, you, have you seen Rocky Four? Like, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I, okay, I, I have, but that has, I, I mean, yeah, can we, like, can we chat about this tomorrow? <laughs> like, when you get in, like, what is sort of binge watching? You're like, so what if, what if, right, so you know what he's driving away, right? So if you have, like, you, like, so what if he made, what, what if he did, like, split screen with Gombau and <laughs> he did that, him losing the derby? And you know that, you know that scene where, like, him and Apollo, they hug on the beach? What if he did that with him and Mobile? And it, like you have to, it's, it's like yeah, okay, I'll I'll, I'll take it down. Uh, meanwhile, mate, there's a, it's about sixteen hours before we have to be on air, and I have to like, sleep. I, and, and, well, I have to sleep, but I also have to like, you know, I'm going full Spielberg here, trying to, you know, <laughs> trying to come organized. up with this little sort of 30, 30 second thing just for you, just for your own amusement. And um, yeah, so look, working with yeah, working with Ned, you were um, you were never off. Is basically it. So you, you could you could certainly expect a, uh, a a two o'clock phone call when he's just had some brainwave or yeah you know, or as you know stuck on stuck on Fox Classics throughout um, overnight. It reminds me of interviews I've seen with like Jerry Seinfeld where he's talking about how people come up to him on the street with Seinfeld episode ideas. Do you, do you ever get much of that apart from from Ned as well? Just uh, segment ideas. Oh no, no, it was it was <laughs> no, it was just sort of uh, Ned. But you know, other kind of um, oh well, other sort of segment ideas. Like you know, there was one on Match Day Saturday that was called Big Thumbs Up, which was a yeah, um, you know, which is basically a, a wrap of like you know, what did you enjoy from Match Day Saturday that night? And that just came around from a green room discussion where uh, Adam had been over in England and had run into one of his mates who um, has a monumentally massively sized thumb. And, you know, and it was a picture that he like, you always used to love to show everyone. And it's like, well, how do we make that into a, how do you make that into a thing? It's like, you know, I've got, I've got this mate that has a massive thumb. Well, it's like, well, Big thumbs. Oh, up. what can we do? Thumbs, like you know. Okay, so yeah, he has a big thumb. We'll call it like you know, big thumbs up, and we'll kind of like you know, reverse engineer it and see if we can you know come up with something. And it's like you know, yeah, you probably think that it's um, you know, that was done on purpose, but that was you know, again, done for our own amusement. Um, there was one on shootout called "What Was That," which was uh, you do it at the top of the show. It was all the things that you liked from. Uh, from over the weekend of football, you know, some were good, uh, you know, some epic fails and all the rest of that. That was, um, how do I put it? That was openly mocking uh, executive producer Murray Shaw, ah. who it was a, 
joke amongst uh, directors and producers that um, when something didn't go right at the, you know, didn't, didn't go right during the game, little, um, you know, little hiccup along the way, he would turn around to kind of the offender and go, what was that? What was that? <laughs> and that became a, um, yeah, so that got turned into its own little segment of, you know, we'll just showcase the best and worst of football. Uh, all the meanwhile, just like, you know, openly flaunting it uh, in front of my boss that I was taking the piss. And it, you know, by the, by the time he caught on to it, it was already a few weeks into the season. And uh, sorry, mate, we can't change it now. <laughs> I was listening to the um, Fox pod- podcast earlier and they, Adam was talking and it was... Um, you just, uh, you have, just have I dropped that? Have yeah, I dropped you're, that again? You're back, you're back in back. now. Good, good, good. Uh, Adam was talking about days when Murray Shaw absolutely tore strips off him for getting... Um, Clive Palmer yes. onto, onto live TV. Were, were you around for the Clive Palmer days in the A-League? I uh, wasn't in the department for the Clive Palmer days, but it's, um, yeah, look, I have dealt with it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I've got the occasional text from Murray after a show, and it, yeah, usually said something along the lines of what was that? <laughs> or <laughs> the, or if, I, if he really stuffed up, that was shit. Is, uh, is Look, the more hello? I listen to these things and the more I think back on the A League, I think it's going to be a very sad, and I think we'll move into it in the next phase of this pod. But it's going to be a very, very sad breakup with Fox and the A League if everything just turns to water mm. uh, because they've done such an incredible, monumental job. I don't think there's been a more loyal partner for the A League or football in this country than Fox. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're going to be discussing that uh, in a moment. It is a big pod but i just had one more question and uh it may not yield any results but i think i'll ask it anyway because on this yeah. podcast we've always had one person in particular that's just been extremely hard to deal with in terms of a guest that we've tried to get on and Ooh. just been unreliable it hasn't really happened um and that's lubo milicevic we, we just try and <laughs> yeah, okay. it's, uh, it's yes and there's no and then yeah. it happens it's close to happening it's not happening um is there any kind of uh you know athlete uh, or player that you've had on or you know, tried to get uh to to come on to one of your shows that was just really really difficult to uh to get uh, or maybe unreliable i know probably in the age of uh media managed players it may be uh not as prevalent but maybe a past player or something like that whereas just uh we just kind of scratch it and say i just give up with this person yeah and not really um as far as that like you know you can imagine a lot of you know a lot of coaches end up being pretty prickly um you know especially after results um I <laughs> I managed to enrage Bozer enough to go an entire weekend uh, without talking to me, which is uh, which is extremely uh, which is extremely difficult to work around when you're dealing in the communications industry and you kind of need to uh, you know you kind of need to be on the same page with with a lot of things. Um, <laughs> so very early on a uh, on a match day Saturday episode, I. Uh, got him with a sly little kind of stitch up as far as, um, you know, throughout the week he'd been talking with the great, um, like the great Ronaldo Nazario. Uh, he was doing an interview there and it's just like the last shot and included, uh, didn't exactly paint the B-man in the best light. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, you talk about um, tearing strips off. So he gave me an absolute gobful in front of um, everyone during an ad break. And then, yeah, didn't wow. say a single word t- 
like was completely prof- professional on it, did the job yep. perfectly. <laughs> um, didn't say a single word from um, from that until after shootout the uh, like the next night. Uh, and I'm adamant that he intentionally uh, torpedoed me by being too good at his job, uh, uh, by t- by talking longer than I would have liked him to, and kind of pushing me into ad breaks and things like that. So that's about the very that's about the time that I've sort of most yeah. And in a typical Bozza way, he did absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah, but he just he just psychologically abs- stuck it to you. Correct. And, <laughs> Uh, Boz is yeah, the yeah. one that's just not replied to us oh. ever. He's just uh, yeah, he's, he's shut he, the gate. He's never even left us on scene. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think who else we had trouble with? Lucy Zalich has been a very hard one to get. Um, yeah, knocked us back a couple of times. We said yes and three, then knocked us back. Yeah, three times. Oh, sorry, get me on my email. Here's my yep. personal email at SBS. Nothing. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, everyone's been pretty good. We've we've gotten better as we've gotten. I think we, we struggle the most with actually Melbourne victory. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we haven't had a player Melbourne, on. We've one yeah. player on the Vic- last two years. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. Um, it's 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 kind of kind of funny how it's um it almost works out in that situation where you know you can grow up being um well, to say grow up, but in the early days of the A League, uh, going as a Sydney fan, you end up becoming. Ex- you know, and this is going to fly in the face of everyone that says that, you know, there is a Sydney bias, that Simon is Sydney-centric, mm-hmm. Harps is Sydney-centric. You actually come extremely agnostic about it all. Um, you know, not just in the, in the sense that it's like, you know, you want every team to do well um, because of the, the sake of the league, but you end up... Um, the teams that help you and players that help you and the coaches that help you, you, you end up um, following their progress a lot more. So it became, you know, especially with my relationship with Archie and Tats and some of the people behind the scenes there at Victoria actually got pretty close to, you know, they, you know, you end up wanting them to do better than uh, some other teams that yeah. make your life a bit more difficult. Well, of course, they're going to help out Fox Sports, not the little guy, FBS. Oh, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Matt, we're stoked to have you on. And um, we wanted to have you on because it's been a big week in the A-League uh, yep. for not only just what's happening right now, but the future of the game and uh, how that all uh, rattles out. So we're going to be discussing the A-League resumption, of course. The A-League is going to resume on July 16 with victory taking on Western United. We're going to talk about the season at large. Um all the teams coming back, uh, the hub in New South Wales, and how the league might manage an outbreak uh, similar to the, the scare the AFL had this week. Is the FFA up to a challenge like that? The broadcasting agreement, of course, that came after the announcement of the season resumption uh, that the uh, Fox Sports and FFA have agreed to uh, see out this season and next season, which uh, means that next season is going to be a winter season um we're gonna discuss how that all looks for the league and the future of the game and uh, is it a good thing is it a bad thing uh, we'll also be discussing uh brebner grant brebner has agreed to be the caretaker manager until the end of the season uh the doomed season of melbourne victory uh he's agreed to be the caretaker until the end of the season and carlos and kev have reunited in belgium 
so we're going to be discussing all of that. That was the news that came through overnight that Carlos Salvatua is going to join Kevin Musket, who was recently appointed as the first team manager um, for, is it St. Trudenese, Buds? St. Truden. St. Truden. Yeah. That'll, so he's going to join, he's gonna join Kev. Uh, and then we might have a, a little bit on the uh, the upcoming announcement of the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup in 2023. Uh, expected announcement this week, and it's down to two. Uh, Aussies or Coke Sniffers, Colombia. Oh, should I say that? I should cut that. All right. Uh, let's get into a big episode of FBS. Just a friendly reminder about the, for fuck's sake, message boards over at fuck'sake.com. You can get on there and chat all things Victory with like-minded Victory fans all day and all night. Uh, the forum has had a bit of a refresh over the quarantine period. We've uh, refreshed the look, so it looks a little bit nicer now. Uh, added some uh, new features in there, so get on there and have a look if you want. Uh, the topics of discussion at the moment is the coronavirus and the buck, uh, the buck's greatest goal. Andrew Nabu, uh, Brebner, transfer rumours, and our next manager as well as the upcoming match against uh, Western United on July 16. So get on there and chat all things victory with like-minded victory fans at forbucksake.com. All right, boys, let's talk about this uh, A-League season resumption. Of course, the announcement came after uh, what seemed like an eternity that the A-League was finally resuming, and that's going to be on July 16 with Melbourne Victory kicking it all off against Western United in Melbourne. And then from there, I think that from my understanding of it, uh, all the teams get hit up to New South Wales or... Uh, so I might be able to jump in and tell me if that's different. Uh, there may be also border restrictions that may ease, although given the, the climate of the last few days, it's probably unlikely. So we may see the hub in New South Wales. It's going to be a festival of football. I think it's going to be a game every night up until uh, the end of August um, when we the finally... The bash of soccer. Yeah, so a, night, a game hey. every night almost. I don't know if that's going to go, man. If you listen to that tough-talking Gladys Berejiklian up uh, up north, uh, us Victorians may have to <laughs> quarantine for 14 days. So, yeah, there's, there's so many twists and turns that can come between now and July 16. The AFL and the NRL have been up and going for a few weeks now. Uh, the NRL have actually, for, for the league that loves to just uh, cloak themselves in scandal and all that kind of shit, they uh, have actually kind of got through the last few weeks unscathed. It was the AFL, of course, uh, on Saturday that had a player test uh, positive for a very low strain of coronavirus, but then two days later tested negative. So, and, and negative uh, again. And negative again. So it looks like that was actually okay. It was just a mini scare. Um, so the AFL have been able to weather that storm. Uh, but I just wonder what, what would that have been like um, had the FFA had that, that scare on the weekend if their season was up and, up and running? Un- unbelievable. And even NRL probably would have handled it great too because while the players bash each other and piss in each other in the streets, um, Peter Volandi... Don't, don't, don't forget also Peter- uh, sexual acts <laughs> dogs. 
Yes, exactly. Peter Volandis and piss in each other's mouths. Uh, Peter Volandis <laughs> seems to be able to uh, get things done. And he has this real axe to grind with Victorians and just wants to do it. And he does it. I think he'd be perfect for the FFA, but he's too smart to come anywhere near it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they would have weathered that storm. The FFA, uh, obviously not too well, but A-League football is back. Uh, that's going to happen in a few weeks now. Uh, Melbourne Victory, I don't, I'm not too sure why I'm so excited. Uh, we've been you know, talking on this podcast for a little while about uh, bringing the season back. Is it really worth it? Of course, Melbourne Victory don't really have a chance in hell of making finals. So I would probably be from a, no. I guess, a risk mitigation standpoint. Why bring these teams back that don't have much uh, chance of making the, the finals? Um, we saw in the NBA they've cut most of the the, the bottom rung teams uh, from from their proposed hub. Although that is having its own challenges uh, in America. Uh, and Florida, but um, yeah, we're going to bring everyone back and we're going to play out the last few games. Uh, Buds, as the most, I guess, uh, vocal critic on this podcast over the last few weeks and months, do you uh, welcome this news that the A-League is returning on July 16 with all players and all teams? I know this might be an audio-only podcast, but maybe you can release this bit, mate. Um, Dave likes the Kool-Aid. I'm sipping the Kool-Aid again out of my Melbourne Victory drink bottle. We're back. It's back, man. <laughs> um, like, uh, I'm, I'm amazed that, like, I thought it was done and dusted. We were going to have Don Bossy on the other week after he'd released about, I don't know, 14 articles in three days regarding how badly everything was going. The players were walking out. Robbie Fowler couldn't get back in the country. Ola Toivonen was leaving, et cetera, et cetera. No one was getting paid. Andrew Durante was losing it about where the game is online. Like, it just everything pointed towards just can it for the season. And then there, were, then there was all the Fox stuff. Uh, there's layer upon layer upon layer about how badly things were going. Um, and they may still be like that, but it seems like JJ has um, done what the gallops of the world probably couldn't have gotten done. And um, look, he's resurrected something. And I think it's the best possible... Um, outcome for everyone involved. Uh, we've gone from not knowing where the games were going to be televised. We we're hearing rumours that Optus had put a chicken feed bid in. Uh, we were hearing rumours that the guys from that were doing the MPL coverage in Victoria that were doing it on YouTube and Facebook, they were going to get involved and then on sell that, which is, it was just sounding like an absolute palaver. Um, very may well have been for us mere mortals who just do amateur podcasts and, and the stuff that we here on the grapevine but uh, what's officially come out this week is pleasing and I know that Dave is dead against it but I have talked about this and mentioned it I am not mad about hearing us align with the juniors and the local game again I think that is absolutely crucial for development in this country uh, there's a whole nother podcast on whether we go up against the other codes and sm- move to winter and those that are a bit older than my generation that actually lived and were in their teens and supported the NSL and didn't just watch it on TV in the 80s when it was back in winter. Um, what they could say about it and what a whole bunch of bidders could say about it. And we know there's going to be ground share issues, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many layers to this. It's ridiculous. Um, I think it's good. And if you're going to try out whatever they're going to try out in the next 18 months, you might as well do it because there's going to be a couple of compromised seasons because of Corona. And then we've got the compromised season because of the Qatar World Cup. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's a few questions I'll ask you about that towards the end of this segment. Uh, Matty, I'll ask you, though, you're a, you're a Sydney FC yep. fan, as you uh, you mentioned off the top of the podcast, so you must be absolutely stoked that you're going to get to see your world beaters who mostly stayed in Australia. I don't think there's anyone that left. Fucking Sydney FC have been, become somehow the most well-run club in this country. They've been able to, to tie up all of their best players for not only this year, next year, the year after. They're just fucking forever. Uh, and then they've kept all their players in one spot. Uh, they seem like they're just going great guns. So you're uh, going to see your boys lift up uh, at the very, very least a Premier's plate, possibly a, uh, a toilet seat uh, come the end of August. Uh, we just spent the last five minutes talking about how uh, how working for Fox and working in the league makes you extremely <laughs> agnostic. Uh, so you don't have to uh, like large up the... Uh, and, you know could have probably downplayed the fact a bit more on a, uh, on a Melbourne victory podcast That's all right. that, uh, you know, We're realists that, here. We're you know, that, of uh, you know, was once upon a time a card carrying Sydney fan, but it's, um, I think like sort of everyone it's, I didn't know how to feel about the resumption of, of football. Um, I was also kind of the opinion that it was uh, like, you know, that the season was done and dusted. And, you know, the only, you know, the only reason for it to continuing was because of the obligation to deliver 140 games a year for Fox. Like, you know, there was no other, and, you know, to keep the TV deal going, like, you know, there was no other, um, there didn't seem to be any sort of other justification uh, for the league to play at the season. One that Sydney FC for, you know, looks like they're running away with. But it's as soon as the announcement came out, it's back. There's sort of murmurings of a draw. You suddenly it's like, yeah, all right, let's go, let's go. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see it back. Like you know, yeah, give us your 27 games in 28 days or whatever it is. Like yeah, massively keen for that. Yeah, I think that just as sport lovers, I think that uh, no matter no matter what, just having live sport back is uh, is certainly here. Uh, a luxury that we haven't had over the last few months and, you know, in many ways probably took it for granted uh, over, you know, the course of our lives that sport was always there. So it's probably just good to see people competing. I think so, considering I've watched way too many Belarusian Premier League games mm. and Bundesliga and all NK League and leagues that previously had very little interest in catching. Yeah, um, yeah just looking forward to, you know, some sort of normalcy with, um, yeah, the A-League coming back. Yeah, I've yeah, become no matter- heavily invested in, in horse racing over the last three months. <laughs> Very heavily invested in horse racing, uh, figuratively and literally. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, been a, a tough few months, but um, it's good to have the, uh, the A-League back. Um, Buds, I guess let's talk about it from a Melbourne victory perspective. In previous weeks, we talked about the, the players that have left. Of course, Carlos Salvatore decided to, uh, to head back to Europe. Now we know that he's gone to Belgium. It's going to be... Um, Painful, I think, for Melbourne Victory fans if they're wanting to see results. I think this is probably a time over the next six, seven weeks to uh, really, really play the kids. We say it a lot, but um, it's going to be a lot about development for for Melbourne Victory heading into the season, I think. Yeah, and they wheeled Robbie Cruz out today as media, which means he's fit. But if they seriously play him in this group of meaningless games, I will go down there 
and I'll <laughs> smash the front door in because he will get injured for 18 months. It's, it's just, um, <laughs> it's a lock if they do that. But yeah, it's very slim pickings in our squad. Uh, we'll have a couple of stages. Look, you're going to have Grant. Grant Brebner's got aspirations for his coaching career. He's, um, it's his time in the NPL didn't go too well, but he's a great club man, and I think it's a bit of a, it's a nice fit for now. Um, let this be the only season in our history that we'll have three managers. Um, please, please yeah. let this be the only time in our season when we have three managers. But, um, yeah, look, you, you can't expect anything. And, um, look, I would prefer, obviously, as Matt touched on, there's an obligation for um, you know, the game to produce the games for the broadcaster. But I would um, not be mad about a an NBA-style cut-off point for um, teams, so to speak. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't look like it's happening. As you said, Matt, uh, the FFA have an obligation to deliver games to Fox Sports. And um, I guess that leads us to our next yep. point, which is this broadcast saga. Uh, mm. So the FFA make the announcement that their league is resuming. And I think that there was just a, a one question mark about, um, you know, who's actually going to broadcast this? Because Fox Sports the last three months have been saying, uh, or be making moves behind the scenes, uh, and then no official announcement of uh, of the early resuming to, uh, coming back to Fox Sports was made at the time of the uh, the resumption announcement. And then what yep. um, the events over the next few days just was uh, was weird. It kind of reminded me of my childhood and my uh, my uh, broken marriage between my parents and um, and the pettiness that in, in that uh, that followed and. Uh, KO, uh, which is you know the, the yeah, Fox was... Sports owned by by Fox Sports, um, decided to remove all content. Uh, I was going to say, did, did did Big Joe ever take all the DVDs out of the cabinet? Or <laughs> uh, so I, I yeah I went through a few a few difficult times with with mm. my parents. Um, lots of lots of failed breakups. Um, so yeah, my 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 dad and mum broke up when I think I was nine, and then my mum. Actually, when, when it was still taboo on the, to talk to people on the internet, 1999, my mum met someone on the internet uh, from America and he, he came over. It's funny how it swings back ways now. I'm in America with a girl. Um, but uh, they used to, he used to fly over, he flew, sorry, he flew over to America, for, sorry, from America to Australia. And uh, they were together for, for like, they're still together now. But um, in the early days, they used to fly like cats and dogs. And basically mum's power move was to just drive him to the airport. <laughs> and, and he'd sit there for like 12 hours and then she'd come and pick him up. And that happened like, no, no, no shit. That happened like 15 times over the course of about three years. He just, she'd drive him to the airport. He'd sit there. Just dump him there without a ticket. Yeah. And then he'd call up after about 12 hours and then she, she'd come and pick him up. It's because we lived in Sunbury. The airport was 15 minutes away. But this is kind of just the pettiness that, uh, that happened between KO and, uh, and the FFA. KO just removed, <laughs> removed the A-League's content from their, from their suite. And mm. uh, fans were, were whipped into a frenzy. There was, I'm, oh. not, I'm not renewing Fox Sports <laughs> if you don't carry the A-League. Retweet if you agree. <laughs> and it's like... Oh, the, face, the crazy, Facebook but, comments. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it's going crazy. And then two days later, uh, there's an announcement. There's a deal that has been struck. Uh, Fox Sports and the FFA uh, will continue their relationship for the end of this season <laughs> and next season. 
Um, yeah. So their league's back in town on Vox Sports. I think at a heavily discounted rate, uh, we're not going to be getting that 50 million that we were getting uh, this season and in seasons prior. Um, it's a, it's a, Fox Sports are cutting all costs. Um, but yeah, what a crazy few days. And, and Matt, um, yeah, what would that have been like if you were if you were still at Fox Sports in those in, in those uh, in those trenches at that time with um, with just the uncertainty? It must have been quite um, quite weird. Yeah, um, to be honest, I'm extremely glad that I wasn't still there at um, at that point. Uh, probably wouldn't have been taking it too well uh, with the, um, you know, with the obviously mass, not just the uncertainty about like, you know, whether you have a job or not, but, you know, a league that you're extremely passionate about, uh, <laughs> like whether that's still, you know, have, and it looks like, you know, that there was a point there where, you know, you're questioning whether it's the last, it's not just the last A-League game that's ever been played on Fox, but it's like it might have been the last A-League game to have ever been played. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it was a little bit like, you know, uh, it was, you know, the marriage after kind of 15 years, like, you know, they're starting to, you know, they're yeah. starting to tiff a lot more. Um, you know, so that's a probably, that's an apt metaphor. And there was just a, you know, there was, I think with added sort of like, um, you know, I don't know if your mum ever ever pulled this one, but the uh, you know, <laughs> probably did. She's a piece yeah. of work. No, 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 but like, but like the you know, you never find anyone who treats me the way that you like um, the way that I do. I'm the only one that would ever kind of put up with you. Like, I think that was there seemed to be, that a, was be yeah, there seemed to be a little bit of that sort of um, yeah, uh, coming from the side. It's true, isn't it? Like, who, yeah. who put up with the A League? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, go you and should... see if the grass is greener. Go. <laughs> yeah, I... yeah. So it was, it was kind of a little bit like that. Um, the yeah, and we're not sort of being on the inside. Like, you know, seeing the first thing that comes to mind is when all the contents pulled from Ko. Is that you're like you, you think it's all over because uh, the first thing that sort of comes to mind is like, well, okay. Um, if the content is being pulled, they're no longer legally allowed to show because they're no longer the rights holder. So that's where you start, you know, it starts kind of ticking over in your mind a bit. That it's like, you know, on that Tuesday or Wednesday, or whatever it was, like that's how I thought that it was going to play out. But um, no, look, you know, happy, uh, happy families for now. And I think the thing to sort of remember with, um, with Fox at the moment, like, you know, obviously the, you know, monumental kind of cost pressures from, and that applies to not just Fox, like that applies to basically, you know, everything in Australian sport, um, all kind of television, like, you know, happened with Channel 9. with the Me- um, Media in general. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Well, it, well, even, even as kind of, you know, even as soon as today, like, you know, ABC were announcing massive Yeah, cuts. massive cuts. So you just got to think from Fox's point of view that it's, and now that they don't, because the thing about football people, right? (laughs) If, um, so football people don't tend to be good with money is is basically how it works. It's like, you know, all all around the world, there is, you know, multi-billionaires poor multi-billions of dollars in the football clubs, you know, with never any expectation of return. Like, you know, broadcasters do exactly the same and, like, there's no there's no way they can possibly make that back. Um, you know, it, it would be... 
you know, you can count on sort of, you know, on one hand, like, you know, the amount of people that actually kind of end up making a, a profit and a good living from football. Certainly no one, no one in Australia and she's certainly, certainly not myself. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think it's just the way to look at it now is, you know, it's completely, um, it's just kind of completely transactional. It's, you know, the, because certainly during my time, look, you know, it's, you know, for, 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 so for an example, like, you know, Fox now wouldn't fly Archie, mm-hmm. you know, up to Sydney to do a shootout because it's like, well, we've got Robbie and Bozzy here on the contract. Like, you know, why are you paying for this? And, you know, why are we crossing to Darren Lewis in London? Like, why am I paying th- like thousands of dollars for that? For him to tell us about a league that we don't have the rights to and only be on air for 10 minutes. So that's where, um, so that's where they sort of, sort of come in. Like, you know, it's just, it's not necessarily that's kind of strict back, but they're just being a lot smarter with the, um, yeah, they're being a lot smarter with, with their money and um, they kind of have every right to. Like, you know, it's contractually, they just have to, you know, they can point the camera in the middle of the field and, and that's it. Um, and anything above that, it's really, it's them going out of their way. So that's, yeah, look, you know, the coverage might not be as, as grand as it once was, but it's, you know, they're still doing a good job. And as you do, and as you mentioned earlier, like it's not, it's the least worst scenario, like the one that yep. played out. Um, the fact that the rest of this season is being shown is next season as well. Uh, yeah, all, all of got all it. of that, and um, you know, we've got and, a, we've, we've, we've got, got an eighteen month grace period to work it out. Yeah, we've got HD coverage. We've got Telstra. We've got my football app. Like it's yeah. it's 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 the best one possible for the time. Yeah, is is social media like a, a massive? Is it is it to blame or is it actually is it making coverage better? Uh, when I say that, I mean, it's, it's obviously hindering uh, traditional broadcast television, but as a fan, um, you know, having the ability to just source your, your own content wherever you want and everyone's making content these days. So you talk about things like having Darren Lewis on, uh, you know, patched in from England. You don't really need to have him because you can probably, you know, as a fan, you can go and get your, your APL news somewhere else and things like that. Yeah. So it's, it's in a way it's decimating an industry. Um, but, maybe overall providing a better uh, perspective uh, or a view for, for consumers. Um, so it's a, it's a seismic shift, but uh, is it a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, you're probably well positioned being someone who works in the industry and is, is social media threatening your job your your, your career rather? <laughs> well, I was about to say, uh, yeah, my, my, yeah. my, uh, job, job, yeah. Threat- my job was threatened a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a bit of an interesting one, isn't it? Like, and you know, because it's because everything is sort of OTT at the moment, that there just isn't any anything any sort of content outside of showing the games. Like, seems to be superfluous. Like, I know, sort of in the early days when Optus was starting showing Champions League, like you know they would do the same thing that um, that you would would have expected from Fox Sports coverage, where you know, you'd come on air at a four o'clock for a four thirty kickoff and do you know the full, you know the full pre-match and and that and pump it up and things like that. But 
I think you guys look at it like, is anybody really getting up at four in the morning? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're getting up at that time, you, you know, you know what time the game kicks off, you, you know, you're going to tune in for the game. Uh, and any, anything around that, um, yeah, I don't think you're waking up like another half hour earlier to, um, you know, to get to get a preview or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I think it's only going that way that it's all of the, all the magazine content and all of the, everything else around that. Um, people are starting to sort of pick up in, in other ways. Yeah, I, I think sort of the, you know, it's the time where you would have a uh, match day Saturday that started at two o'clock and went all the way through to two in the morning. I, I just don't think it's, um, you know, there's not a lot of appointment television anymore for anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that includes sport, um, except, for, except for the live games, really. Uh, were you, when did you leave Fox Sports? Was it pre-KO or after? Uh, no, after. So it was um, about six months ago. Did you, uh, were you privy to KO numbers? Because I know they're a very closely kept secret. Um, and a lot of people will say that, you know, traditional Fox um, sports viewers are down, but uh, you've got the, the My Football app and KO and things like that. Do you guys uh, have access to that? Or are you part of that discussion uh, with ratings reviews and things like that? No, well above, well above the pay grade. Um, and yeah, as, as you probably know, it's just, it's the, the KO ratings are um, the business of KO basically. Like, you know, that wasn't anything that um, filtered through to us. So as part of the, the broadcast deal, uh, the shift of the A-League season for next season will go from December up until, uh, was it July? Is it is it winter winter season, isn't it? Yep. So yep. that poses some questions, as you said, buds. Before there's many 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 layers to this. Um, talking about uh, things like you know ground availability. Um, how will the A League go competing against the AFL NRL? Will the A League struggle for media coverage? Uh, overall, it's probably worth having a crack at it, isn't it? It's been a a, a real lull period for the A League for such a long time. Um, do you really have anything to lose by just giving this a go for a season? And given the circumstances, you know, on the back of coronavirus, on the back of the uh, World Cup coming up uh, in 2022 during the, the summer months in Australia, um, this is probably a, a decent chance to give this a crack. Uh, I'll tell you from my point of view, we're a Melbourne Victory-based outfit here and Melbourne Victory have been in six grand finals, won four of them, played a lot of Asian Champions League and we've fucking suck in the Asian Champions League. And the reason we suck in the Asian Champions League is that our good teams that win the titles are very rarely, as you'll see in the A-League with most teams, very rarely still together. So that's one plus. We align with the Asian Confederation a bit more. We align with our own game. We stop playing these stupid, ridiculous... Look, we're going to get a couple of months of summer. Granted, that probably can't be helped. But we'll probably find that we stop playing and scheduling games in the middle of summer up at Newcastle at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when it's 49 degrees. You can't play professional sport in those environments. So you will see there is an argument that the sport will be better. And that's probably (laughs) unarguable. It's going to be better. So I'm, I'm fine with it. Look, the only thing that, you know, they will figure out is the grounds and the ground chair. Um, that's the only sticking point. Look, I think, you know, Brisbane Raw can move to Redcliffe. Um, 
Central Coast probably won't have an issue. Newcastle will share with the Knights. Sydney FC, um, you're probably better placed, Matt. They've got a couple of options yeah, that are of, of a good standard. Um, look, War- um, Wanderers will share. MacArthur, they have their own ground. Um, you've got Vic- look, us in Melbourne City and Western United, if Western United survive. Um, are going to probably find it the hardest. Hindmarsh is purpose-built and yep. uh, Perth... Perth is, Perth's fine as well. Yeah, Perth's fine yeah, as well. Think, wait, so, Bud, do you think that Vitry will struggle? I mean, the only other oh, tenant well, is, is the Storm and surely you could... You could and the Rebels. Away. And the Rebels. And the Rebels. Who play a short season anyway, I think. So, but, yeah. So, look, you'd obviously have to... The codes would have to work together. Good thing that Melbourne Victory and Melbourne Storm kind of share office spaces or within the same vicinity. Um, look, the A-League and the NRL will have to work together to, you know, put Victory and City in maybe on the same weekends when the Storm are playing in the Northern States. It's just going to be as simple and as complex as that in yep. the same thing. Uh, the rest but, of the points... I, this this isn't something new, the ground share, because it happens between the months of March and May every single season. Uh, so, it, yeah, so it's certainly not unique from that point of view. And, you know, we've had some... They've always sort of found a way to. They'll find to a make, way. To, They'll to, find a to, way to make to make it work. Like you know, even when you had, even when you have grand finals that are scheduled at incredibly short notice, like within seven days, there are enough stadia to to make it work. And as you said, like so, uh, Adelaide Central Coast and Perth are just play on as usual. Like, there's absolutely nothing to worry about there. Mm. Um, yeah, Macarthur will be fine. Uh, Wanderers and Sydney might have to kind of trip out. Trip over themselves a but little bit. But they'll find a way. They'll find and a way. Yeah, there's there are enough grounds, and you know it's long been it's long been um, it's long been something that you know people have been saying for a long time that we got that we're not playing in grounds that are suitable for um, for crowds anyway. So you know during the AFC, during the AFL season, victory probably won't get on Etihad or. Marvel, that's and that's probably and, and that's, that's probably a good thing. Us. That's you know you won't you won't find many victory fans that will you know that yeah. will bemoan the fact that they're no longer playing at Marvel. None at all. And I'm look. I'm if we want to touch on the other points, Jason, about airtime and space in the media. Well, who gives the A League media apart from Fox? Like even SBS, the everyone's holy grail of football, barely even touch on it much yeah. uh, with any substance anymore. A lot of their stuff's made up. Um, like. Um, Football has to stand on its own two feet. You know as well as I do that the AFL media cycle runs 24-7-365 anyway. We've seen this week with the COVID stuff. Um, everyone's talked about Connor McKenna and Essendon and what he's done and what he hasn't done. And they've all been found out. 99% of them have been found out to just be making it up. And what happens is they just fill a pipeline. It's just there's it's a pipeline fill that needs to be filled all the time. And if there's no stories, they'll make them up. So it doesn't matter what time of year the A League plays in. I, I I truly believe that. What about? Uh, I think people. Um, sorry, just because you're a, you're an AFL fan, um, so your your Bombers are playing at the same day or same time as uh, as the Victory, and they're both in Melbourne. Um, which one are you going to? Well, it's look, it's um. Look, while I'm sitting on this podcast, I'll say victory. Um, depends depends which one the boys want to go to and depends uh, probably depends who we're playing. 
Yeah, probably like depends how, who, who's going better as well, huh? Because I would say uh, if, the, if the Bombers are up and about, I'd be going to the Essendon game. Yeah, um, if they're shit, then I'm probably going to victory. So yeah, uh, look, if the Bombers are up, if the Bombers are up and about, you're exactly right. It's been a lean twenty years, mate. So um, we'll, we'll fish where the fish are. Yeah. Just about to say, I, I think people are sleeping on just how big cricket is as well. Hmm. Uh, it's um, I think sort of people end up missing the point when they're talking about. You know, you're going up against AFL and NRL and uh, both of those are extremely tribal depending on, um, you know, depending on which state that you live in, of course. Like, you know, so if it's... So, you know, you talk about going against AFL and NRL, it's like, for the, ma- for the main part, the victory going up against AFL. Like, that's, you know, the NRL doesn't really sort of factor in consideration and it's the same up in Sydney. But the thing about going up against cricket, it's... Um, you know, it's... It's everywhere. It's all six states, and it's something that is so ingrained in the national psyche that it's just it's you know there there is no clear air in in those in those summer months. Like it just completely dominates, and it's um and going up against you know and people can say that it's like you know Mickey Mouse cricket and things like that, the, the big bash, but that's that is just impossible to get any cut through while that's on. And it's impossible to get viewers because it's um. Because the uh, the lack of tribalism, I guess, in the big bash is probably its 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 greatest strength. People Whereas, just watch. People just well, watch, and they're all and they're all close games most of the yeah, time. And yeah, exactly. Whereas you know, you're in the A League for the most part, and for the winner codes, you're tuning in predominantly for your own team. Yeah. And you know, and another one if it takes your fancy. But you know, especially when it was on ten, you know, you just throw on. Throw on Channel Ten at seven o'clock. Any night of the summer, and you're going to see some dingers, and that's what <laughs> and that's what people want. Like that was that was impossible to come up against, and it's um, so it's not just that, but uh, you know, and broadcast numbers were obviously took a massive hit and do take a massive hit over the summer because it's just it's you know it's not just the cricket, but you got like you got summer in Australia to compete with, like you got the you got a beach or a barbecue and it's like, how many people are, you know, again, unless you're, unless you're playing, like it's, it's hard to get bums on seats or bums on couches for a uh, five o'clock Saturday between Wellington and Melbourne city. It's just mm. like, you know, you've got so much other, <laughs> you've got so much life, going on. Life, you've got exactly. life. Exactly. Like, you know, life gets in the way. Whereas, you know, in the, in the winter months, you've at least got, you know, roughly a, You've only got two things to choose from. You've got, you know, your AFL or NRL, depending on what state you live in, or or the A League. Like that's. And, I'm you know, I'm actually with you on that one with cricket. I think like Dave, he's um not here tonight, but he's an avid cricket hater, and he's probably the same view of a lot of um people with European background that it's diehard football people that just hate cricket and don't think it has any kind of um you know semblance anywhere or relevance. I think we saw the relevance of cricket within the Australian psyche when Sandpapergate came out and everyone in the country took it as a personal attack. And it <laughs> yeah. was, and you, you just saw then how much gravitas cricket still has on this nation in the psyche. I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. I think it could be a great move for the A-League to get out of summer. I'll tell you who uh, is very ecstatic by the decision that is every ultra in Australia that uh, wears big, big jackets in 40-degree weather at pubs before matches. They are very, very happy about the fact Football that... Football jacket weather! 
<laughs> Stone Island stocks yeah. are going through the roof. Yeah, okay. buy buy up now if you can. So um, yeah, that's uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, worth a try given the uh, the plight that the A League find themselves in. Um, just before we move on to the next thing, um, Matt, something I probably should have asked you before is that um, if you had your money on it, does mm-hmm. uh, does the A League continue their agreement with Fox Sports after this deal? Do you think it will continue, or do you think that? Possibly uh, the A League will be looking just for a new home um, throughout the course of next season. Uh, no, I, I think this will probably be it. Uh, and you know, as as I said, I maybe suspected that it was going to be it, but it's um, yeah. I, I think I think it's you know it's almost time for FFA to you know to look at other options and to just basically have control of the content. Like that's something that's um, if you're NRL, AFL, or, or cricket, that's all fine to be uh, tied up with the broadcasters. But you know, um, rugby union and kind of basketball before it have, you know, have found um, have ran into problems where, you know, if that broadcast money's not coming in, like you know, you, you need other revenue streams. You need to have um, you need to have control of that. So look, it'll probably they've bought themselves a bit more time. Uh, to get that right, because otherwise it was looking that you know they had a they had a month to work it out. They've now got 18, and um, I'm sure it'll still be on the screens. It might even still be on Fox screens, but it's I think they're certainly going to have to take production in house and own that going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So A League is back. Uh, Fox Sports is back uh, broadcasting it, and uh, there's a uh, move coming to winter. Um, so coronavirus is um, has just completely changed the game uh, and the future of the game uh, of the uh, the league in this country. Let's take a quick break and come back. The decision on the 2023 Women's World Cup is uh, drawing near. I think it's going to be on Thursday night or early Friday morning Australian time. I think I'll be cherry ripe awake for this one uh, in the uh, the early morning hours uh, US time. Uh, so it's cut down to two now. Um, there's been a whole lot of drop-offs in the last few weeks. Brazil um, a couple of weeks ago and then Japan this week have... Uh, thrown their, I guess, withdrawn their hat from the race. It, um, it leaves Australia and New Zealand, the joint bid, and Colombia. Uh, so lots and lots and lots of enthusiasm. Um, on social media, there's almost too much enthusiasm or too much complacency creeping in amongst uh, people on social media. I, I seem to remember um, the 20, oh, 2022 decision and how confident Australians were of, um, of snagging it. And Ed uh, Square was, was packed for the yeah. announcement. We were yeah. uh, like, we thought we were been, a legitimate chance and, and you, we've you know, been here before. You just never know with FIFA. You just never, never know. So, no. I mean, I know, I know that in all likelihood, Australia and New Zealand get the nod on, on 
Friday morning. I know that uh, it makes sense. We put on a, a fantastic Asian Cup. Um, I'm not too sure if you're part of that, uh, of that Matt, um, putting that together. But um, that was one of the, the best things that we've run in, in quite a while. So, uh, you know, that only helps our case and our cause for, for this decision on Friday. And um, it really is just a, a, a real moment in time for, for the sport in Australia and not only for the sport, but for, for women's sport in this, in this country. And uh, this is, this is the kind of generational stuff that, that comes around and, and sparks something. And I remember, you know, when I was growing up the 98 world cup, the 2002 world cup events like that um, just, just harness your or create your love of, of certain you know, sports. And um, I know that this will do something for, for the generation of kids growing up if there's a World Cup in their own backyard, especially a, a Women's World Cup. So this is a huge moment um, in, in Australian sports history if we get it. And it can't be understated how big this is. And um, yeah, really excited to see what happens. But I just don't think we can get complacent about this. But Matt, what are your thoughts uh, having, you know, you said off the top of the podcast that you had uh, quite a bit to do with the, the W League. Um, how big yep. of a moment is this? Um, yeah, first of all, you said it's kind of in the wee small hours and, you know, it's a two o'clock start down here. And it's certainly not a case of, you know, setting an alarm. Like, you know, it's, it'll be staying up uh, and powering through that because um, there's a lot of nerves. I'm much like uh, much like you. It's, there's been way too much positive chat, almost too much, and you know you can just. It's it's funny. Like even even about a, like a week ago, it wasn't it wasn't really that Japan bit I was worried about. Like I thought if there was going to be a stitch up, it was going to be through Colombia, and it's just it's just the similarities between. You know, between this bid and you know, in 2010 with Qatar and Russia, it's it's just it's it's a little too close to home. Like you know, especially when you kind of see um, the, playing it at that time of year is more problematic than playing it. You know, than playing it in winter in Australia, and then um, the only bid that's listed as a risk is Colombia, and it's the only two that were listed as a risk were Russia and Qatar. So. Uh, you think the only thing that would prevent any stitch up of any kind is the um, is the fact that there might not be a whole lot of dollars going around from from Colombia, but it's just it's you know it's you just look at it and it's like yeah yes we should be okay, but you just got that kind of nag that nagging voice behind where it's like this could go um, yeah this could go horribly wrong, but yeah you talk about you know World Cupping a legacy and it's like it's not. It will obviously be uh, monumental for the women's game. Like, you know, that's, and there is a little bit of uncertainty about the W League at the moment and what that looks like in the future and how that aligns with the NWSL and obviously the player exodus to Europe. But if you just have, you know, there'll at least be that little, that positivity around it. Um, hopefully a lot of the Matildas and fringe Matildas and upcoming Matildas stay, uh, stay closer to home. Uh, with that being the case. Um, but, yeah, it's funny how you talk about the World Cup being a legacy. It was, it was something that I didn't mention before, but, you know, this is the kind of thing that changed lives. Like, you know, I know we just went on that run. Everybody is reminiscing about 06 World Cup, and it was pretty much that run through to, um, you know, and, and those games and being in public spaces watching 
uh, games against Japan, uh, Croatia, and Italy that like that ended up changing the course of my career as such. Like you know, I was bombing out in a totally separate university degree to what I was doing, and through the you know, and just with that togetherness, you know, I've always loved football, want to be part of football, want to work in football, and like that tournament was a you know it was a catalyst for change and ended up. Yeah, you know, as mentioned before, like, you know, did communications eventually, like, you know, sold on my way into Fox and, um, you know, going, going from hearing Simon Hill's immortal words to working alongside him, um, you know, 15 years later, it's like, um, I, I'm, I'm sure there will be plenty of stories like that come out of it if, and especially for young women and girls, should this uh, 2023 get up, like, it's um, yeah. It, it'd be good to good for them to have their own role models as well. Yeah, absolutely. Buds, your, your your daughter and my daughter will be four years old when that kicks off in twenty twenty three. So we'll get a chance to uh, to show them football in in their own country in a, on a world stage. Um, that's exciting. Uh, just to kind of breathe them uh, when they can still you know, remember it later on in life. Yeah, mate. Look, I um, I think the large majority of the Australian population will underestimate how hu- humongous this tournament is. I was in Croatia last year watching the tournament in France, and it was dead set on every single TV everywhere at night. Everyone's watching it. One billion people watched it, uh, and... Look, we've been saying it for a while. The Matildas are possibly the best Australian sports team to watch at the moment. We've got one of the biggest superstars in the world in Sam Kerr, and we need to show her off to this nation and get her far more appreciated um, with the team playing the World Cup here. Um, yeah, look, corruption's going to be the only thing that gets the better of us, and if there's anyone that's going to be corrupt, it's FIFA. Let's knock on wood and bring it home. Absolutely. So the decision is, uh, as you said, about 2 a.m. on Friday. So that's uh, that'll be 9 a.m. Thursday for me in the U.S. For anyone that uh, that listens to us from the U.S., which is no one, but um, just that throw that piece of information in, no matter what. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for for joining us. We're going to talk some buck things, um, but we'll let you go. Thank you so much for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, no, cheers, Cheers. Speak soon. See ya. Thank you. All right, so Matty's gone. Um, let's talk about some victory things before we finish off uh, this one. Uh, Grant Brebner, uh, there was no one left. So he's, he's pretty much the man in charge now. Everyone else has, uh, has jumped shipped or jumped shipped or be, been fired. So uh, Grant Brebner takes the reins. Um, he was part of uh, Carlos's you know, setup on, on the bench uh, in the match day kind of preparations and, and coaching, I suppose. Um, so he's going to take over until the end of the season. He's uh, stated already that he does not have any intention to throw his hat into the ring for the job full-time. So, um, yeah, Grant Brebner has restored Scottish order back to this proud Scottish club. Uh, and uh, he's promised a, an attacking brand of football, um, which is what they all do, I suppose. Yeah, blue, white, and silver flaying. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, I'm, look I'm, I'm not fussed either way. Um, Grant was one of the chairman of the boys club. Um, the boys club's back. The Scottish, the proud Scottish roots are back um, and we should all be thankful for it. Uh, sensible decision to put him in now and sensible words from him to say that he doesn't want the gig full time. Um, that's pretty much where it is, man. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think 
we're going to see anything great from Grant, but um, someone's got to sit in the uh, the third manager's chair of the season. Mm, yes. Uh, so our previous manager, Carlos Salvatua, uh, it was announced overnight. Um, quite interesting that he has joined Kevin Musket in Belgium. Um, were you uh, a bit surprised by that news? It seems like a bit of a sneaky kind of thing to do. Um, but I mean, he did want to go back to Europe, so it doesn't matter too much, but, um, quite interesting. I thought, yeah, I thought so too. I thought, um, with all the, the communications of, well, kind of, it was, it was an interesting bit of communications about the way he left. And you like at that point in time, Spain was really doing it tough as a nation. Uh, so you thought, okay, this makes sense. Um, this season's done. Uh, he hasn't had a great time of it. Um, this roster stinks. Um, I think he's better as better man. He would be a better manager, but he just hasn't had the cattle. He probably doesn't want to sit through a complete rebuild. Uh, he might have um, you know, family that's been sick, and he's uh, you know a day's flying away. So it makes sense to go home. So I thought he was going to go and you know, get a gig in Spain, but um, you know, Kevin Kevin Musket is a. Uh, is a man with a way. And uh, as we've seen with Kev, Kev generally usually gets his way and he probably wanted his main man back. So, um, yeah, look, um, I, I really hope those guys can kick some ass over in Belgium and get some results because they, yeah. they did some great work for us. So, yeah. yeah well, be true I, favor at, uh, in yeah, Belgium. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a bit unexpected. Um, definitely a bit of a surprise to see that news. But, um, yeah, it's cool. I think it's cool. Yeah. So that pretty much wraps us up for today. Uh, the A-League season is still three weeks away, so we might do one more pod in uh, before the week leading up to the match. And then in the week leading up, we're going to do a second uh, pre-season preview or season preview. We're going to do a second one um, before, <laughs> before the season kicks off again because there's lots of talking points um, in this second bit of the season or second season within a season, I suppose. So um, yeah. we might squeeze in one pod around maybe the, the 1st of July or 8th of July, and then we'll come back um, on the 15th of July with our second season preview pod of the year. I think, Buds, we may have started this this season. We're up to episode 33 of season five. Usually they go about 30, 30 episodes a, a year. Um, in previous years, we probably hit about 40 40 or yeah, we've we've done the full calendar year and we've yeah. overlapped now. We've overlapped, man. Yeah, so we, we kicked this off back in Cambodia town. I think it was maybe maybe late June or early July last year. So we've pretty much notched up 52 weeks of podcasting on the same fucking awful season. Um, but uh, we keep on trucking. So thank you to everyone who's listened. Um, if you haven't had a look at some of the podcasts we've done over the the the, the lockdown period, I recommend checking them out. We've done some of our best work over the the lockdown, particularly that Carlos Hernandez podcast was uh, was one of our best. So give it a, a look as well as maybe even the decade uh, retrospective because that was pretty good that we did in December as well. So um, yeah, lots of podcasting to keep you through. Uh, it doesn't have to be relevant to the matches. Um, there's lots of podcasts to, uh, to listen to. Uh, Buds, thank you for coming on and taking your time out of uh, your evening. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll see you and Dave again next time. We'll speak soon, mate. Stay safe and mon the vac. Mon the vac.